violent mercenary, crazed dictator, and one of Moon Knight's original adversaries. Today, on this episode of Night Knight Spectre, we're talking about the source of Black Air Force energy himself, Raoul Bushman. Welcome to Night Night Spectre, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and splintered mind of Moon Knight. I'm your host, Elizabeth. And I'm Lawrence, the black guy that wrote the commentary at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> we we stand Bushman here, apparently. Yes, we definitely stand Bushman here. But let's get started. So welcome to the show. One of our biggest regrets from the Disney Plus Moon Knight series was that it lacked a serious focus on one of Moon Knight's oldest and most iconic villains. So today on the show, we're talking about Raoul Bushman. But like always, we first need to do a little bit of housekeeping. So we would like to hear from our listeners. So email us at nks at loreparty.com with your thoughts and questions, and you might just see them appear on a future episode. You can find Lawrence at produced by underscore LK on Twitter and Twitch. And you can find Elizabeth at it's Rizbiff, I-T-S-R-I-Z-B-I-F on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, you can connect with the rest of the Lore Party team on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Lore underscore party. So now that we've got our housekeeping wrapped up, here's a special word from our sponsors. We know you'll like it. Oh. <laughs> All right, and now that we're back from that great ad, why are we talking about this? So one of the reasons why we picked this topic is that simply Raoul Bushman is a menace. He's directly tied to both the comic and show versions of Mark and their origin as Moon Knight. And they've also had some pretty fucking wild encounters in the comic books that honestly are are, are pretty exciting and we definitely recommend that everybody check those out. One of which involves a man losing his face. So you know, I'm just gonna just gonna throw that in there. <laughs> Spoilers. I mean, I don't. I feel like we spoiler tag. We're gonna talk about a lot of shit. So if you haven't read anything about Bushman and you don't want to know anything about Bushman, go read the comics and don't listen to this episode yet. <laughs> yes, but if you want an overview of Bushman and you don't care about a little bit of uh, the more iconic moments, keep listening. That being said, like, let's go ahead and get started. First, we're going to kind of tackle some simple details. So for those of you listening that don't have very much experience with Raoul Bushman or have no idea who he is at all, but don't plan on picking up a comic, this one's for you. Yeah. So in the show, we hear Mark tell Stephen about Bushman's involvement in the night that he became Moon Knight. All of that lined up with what the comics have in store, except for claiming that Bushman is his former CEO in the military. As we've mentioned, Raoul Bushman is one of the most iconic villains that Moon Knight goes up against. He was born in Burunda, a nation in Africa, and he and his family were part of the Domi tribe of farmers. And in a normal, you know, world history fashion, his family is was forcibly displaced by white people. Them Europeans. <laughs> European, I think one of the things that entrepreneurs, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the 
little too much credit to them. <laughs> anyway. As an adult, he became a mercenary for hire, which is how Mark and him met. We do an overview of that in our Moon Knight 101 episode, so check that out if you haven't to, for a recap on that. But um, to maintain a level of fear and intimidation to those he was around, Bushman tattooed Death's head on his face and fitted his jaw with sharp steel teeth, which honestly he didn't need to do because he's a very tall and exceptionally skilled at hand-to-hand combat, guerrilla warfare, and fighting with knives, guns, and his teeth. Um but, you know, like, that just adds to to the reason you should fear this man. Yeah, and it makes a little bit more sense as we kind of deep dive into his, like, personality and motives and, you know, his experiences in life. Absolutely. And with that, we're going to hop over to some distinctive personality features, which, like the rest of us people of color, Bushman is uh, dealing with his European oppressors. And uh, that kind of left a bad taste in his mouth. This would honestly go on to fuel his violent and aggressive tendencies as a mercenary and a terrorist for hire, considering the things that he experienced as a youth. Like, interestingly enough, Bushman could be considered a man to some degree who wears emotions on his sleeve or as or or really on his face, as we mentioned, with the uh, particular tattoo that he has. Um, through the comic books, you know, you start to get this... Um, Really picture this picture painted of Bushman that he desires to strike fear in his enemies for obvious reasons. Like he desires power and control over others. And, you know, to do this, like we mentioned, he's got the death tattoo on his face and he's got his steel teeth. You know, and those are those are honestly just supposed to to make him look like someone that you shouldn't fuck with. And for those who don't get the message and continue to fuck with Bushman, uh, he's pretty uh, chill about killing people. So he will gladly kill anyone who stands in his way or anyone who refuses to submit. Yeah, he will. He will definitely do whatever, whatever it takes to get his goal accomplished. Yeah, he's very uh, self-driven and motivated. He's goal oriented. <laughs> Got to respect that hustle. <laughs> You know, that also being said, uh, Bushman is still very much human and is not impervious to basic human emotions, as we would see with some of our other comic book characters, like how we covered the comic variant of Arthur Harrow in the last episode. He does experience these basic human emotions, you know, such as jealousy and fear, and both mainly appear when it comes to dealing with Moon Knight for good reasons. Raul was integral in Moon Knight's origin and at one point in the comics actually sought recognition for this instance. He believed that, uh, you know, Kanchu wasn't the reason for Moon Knight. He was, which in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if I've seen many comic book villains care that much to get credit for like their their uh, main adversaries. But, you know, hey. Weird flex. <laughs> you know, and, and when it comes to fear, I'd say Moon Knight is probably the only person he truly fears, you know, having once had his face removed and basically have, have been killed, or basically he was killed by Moon Knight, which we'll cover a, a little bit later down the road. Casual. <laughs> yeah, you know. Casual I, face, face off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dear God. Yes. Yeah, so, That's my I mean, dad joke of the day. Yeah, so if, if you know if you had your face removed or watched the movie Face Off, uh, you probably uh, you'd probably be afraid too. So, 
we'll get into what happens and we'll get into why Raul Bushman is still alive after what we said. But, um, you know, if I had a second chance on life, I would absolutely avoid the person that took my face off beforehand. And I had actually absolutely have some sort of like weird feelings towards them. And, you know, even with that, that fear that he does have, it doesn't necessarily stop him from attempting to enact revenge on Moon Knight. So this is why they share this sort of back and forth, strange, weird, weird, like villain superhero relationship. I guess not many superheroes can say that they dismembered one of their oldest villains and then had to fight them again. Probably a few can, but you know. I think there's a few that can. I don't know that many of them, many of those villains immediately were like, yeah, I think I'm just good with that. We're just not going to go for that. It's normally like, okay, I'm going to get resurrected and then I'm going to continually try to come after you. No fear, man. <laughs> yeah, so the fact that he does have that that fear and he admits that he is like a little bit uneasy is actually, you know, it's telling. It speaks to his human side. Yeah, and speaking of human side, you have key relationships that the Bushmen has. So we'll get, get into some of those, and first of the which being Mark Spector and you know Moon Knight, because um, with like we said earlier, without Raoul Bushman, there is no Moon Knight, and Bushman was very aware of that and claims that Mark owes him for his origin. So much so, the Bushman goes as far as to have the statue of Conchu that Mark keeps in New York stolen and brought to him so that he could destroy it, thinking that destroying the statue would destroy Mark's abilities to be Moon Knight, which, spoiler, it did not. <laughs> and also, it was a fake statue. Yeah, which <laughs> which that in and of itself is, it, it's so, such a such a weird, weird thing. Like, at least get some kind of confirmation that that's going to take out your 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 you know your person's powers we know that moon knight sometimes gets juiced by the moon sometimes you just gotta gotta you know take a shot and see what happens i mean mark did go absolutely batshit after the statue was <laughs> was uh destroyed and until uh marlene was like oh wasn't the real one i have that hidden somewhere for some reason yeah that was a uh, that was convenient that was a good convenient super part. convenient <laughs> So, like, honestly, he could have definitely just, like, wrecked Mark <laughs> from that. Definitely. Um, but, the, like, so the the next couple of, key like, key relationships that we have are less of, like, relationships. Not that, like, really Mark and him have too much of a relationship other than the working relationship before Moon Knight and the, you know, villain-hero dynamic. But oh, thought, everybody else is basically, like, let's recruit you. I thought you were going to say the working relationship of Moon Knight and Raoul Bushman. Yeah, they're they're back and forth of of crazy plots and stopping said crazy plots and then getting your face taken off. Yeah, so. they have a really interesting relationship. Um, so moving on to the next uh, key relationship slash just a recruiter uh, of Bushman is Seth Conchu's brother who recruited Bushman to help him inhabit a vessel on Earth so that he could plunge the world into massive war, which Bushman was all about because I, you know, evil plots. We also have the Hood, and the Hood is, well, they don't really, like I said, this is more of a recruitment kind of thing than a key relationship. The Hood is super important because the Hood is the reason that Bushman gets resurrected. Um, so, like we said before, spoilers, uh, Moon Knight succeeds in killing Bushman and also 
carving off his face um, in the comments in the comics. However, in Moon Knight series fashion, that's not the end of Bushman. The hood actually resurrects Bushman and reattaches his face, which, you know, like we said, Moon Knight cut off. Um, in order to recruit him to attempt to take down Moon Knight alongside members of Harrow's for- or of the Hood's forces, which includes Scarecrow and some patients from the Ravencroft Asylum. Yeah, it seems like that's um, you know that that is their relationship. It's like Bushman beats Mark. Mark becomes Moon Knight. Bushman recruits superpowered beings to fight a guy with questionable superpowers, and still ends up losing. Right, exactly. Which <laughs> our last uh, recruiter is the Sun King, and Sun King, like the Hood, recruits Bushman to help him defeat Moon Knight. Which at first Bushman refuses, considering how many failed attempts he's made in his life at this point. But once Sun King displays his literal firepower, he has Bushman sees a new possibility in Sun King and agrees to join forces. And successfully, the two capture Moon Knight. But once Sun King loses a ritual fight with Moon Knight, Bushman flees the scene because dealing with Moon Knight alone is a whole bunch of nope. <laughs> yeah, and it's like like we mentioned, there are points where Bushman literally is talks about the effects of having dealt with, or pretty much just coming face to face with Moon Knight and, you know, kind of like the trauma of getting your face cut off and just like the probably the annoyance and aggravation of defeat that comes with this, you know, this one person that's plaguing your life. And it, it is, it is honestly present in the sun King. Um, in this, you know, this story with the sun King, cause he does need convincing to some degree, which is, which is kind of funny because I can't really think of a superhero and their, you know, like list of uh, villains that they interact with when one has an opportunity to take them down and is like, yeah, let me think about it. He was like, no, I, Actually, I'm having a good time just running drugs and weaponry. Yeah, there, you know, I don't. I don't think. I think I'm good. I don't. I don't think I need that. Yeah, there was there was a point in that uh, in that run where Bushman was literally like, "Yeah, I'm like pretty content with just selling crack." It made me sad because yeah. he was like, "I've actually been the like I don't have you know it's it's been a bit you know it's been a, a hard life with trying to go against Moon Knight. I think I don't need any more trauma." <laughs> right. Let me just push my crack, bro. Like, I, <laughs> like that's all I'm trying to do. just sell my crack. Moon Knight, Moon Knight could do whatever he wants to do, just as long as it doesn't interfere with my crack <laughs> <laughs> or my face. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, like a lot of a lot of uh, interesting relationships, and uh, they honestly play a big part in um, in Bushman's overall character development. You know, these are are the instances and people that he's partnered with that basically just keep putting him in front of Moon Knight and keep seeing him go from like the height of of control and power to back to basically a street level criminal. Right, but you know. Bushman has some like less than stellar connections, I would have to say. Yep. But you know what? We here at Night Night Spectre believe in cultivating healthy and fruitful relationships. Like with our sponsors that pay us. So uh, you can listen to them and we'll be right back after we cash this check. <laughs> of like $2. <laughs> I'm going to go buy myself a whole Moon Knight outfit. 
All right. And we're back. So in this section of the episode, uh, we want to cover motives. And we've touched on motives a little bit uh, throughout the episode, but this is the part where we really want to like solidify what is driving someone like Raul Bushman. Yeah, and I think there, there are like two main motives that we're, we're going to call out. And the first one is his family being ran out of their land. So, you know, violence begets violence. So the violence that he experienced when he was young you know, being torn away from your home for seemingly and honestly, realistically, no good reason other than selfishness of others. That is a very traumatic experience that will absolutely influence how you see the world around you and interact with others. His turn to violence and expertise as a mercenary enable him to attain his revenge on those who took his land. And after staging a coup, he's able to self-appoint himself as the general and president for life of Burunda. Yeah, so he did, you know. A little bit of a redemption arc, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for like five seconds. But Until he became a dictator. And then that was a little like, oh, hmm. Which, but, you know, getting the land back was cool. <laughs> yeah. And when you think about it, it's like, hey, what more could you expect from someone who was young and all they saw was like violence and displacement and they got their, yeah. you know, their their land taken away. Like, you know, Bushman is in a... Um, I guess like like some sort of like civil leader. He was a kid, so like like seeing that type of stuff, it's like you just have this mentality of like I'm gonna get back what's mine and more. Since obviously I'm watching people that are able to do that to me. Exactly. So our second motive for Bushman is his revenge against Mark, Mark Spector. I mean, if I beat a man almost to death, left him in the desert for time and the terrain to do the rest, only for him to come back to life with superpowers supported by a moon god, I too would be pissed off. And that rage would just continue to build up the more I fought him and continually failed. Yeah, because it starts with a whole, like, Bushman is there and he's going to kill people just so he can get gold. So, like, that whole incident that created or, you know, that that thrust Mark into becoming Moon Knight was basically Bushman just trying to steal some damn gold. So can you imagine, like, you go to the desert, you do all this shit, you kill a bunch of people, you finally get the gold, and then here comes this motherfucker that you thought you dealt with. Who was supposed to be just, like, whatever, like this one random guy who doesn't doesn't matter at all. And to, and, and to be perfectly honest, like, this guy found something better than gold. Like, he got power, or, you know, he got powers and, I guess, a new lease on life. This is literally the moment when you're like, I am not the main character of this story. God damn it. <laughs> right. Like, I like I came, there was powers? an attempt for, yeah, like, there was, there was a way to become a superhero here, which would have arguably been able to, I would have been able to do more than. Get more gold. <laughs> right. Yeah, than getting, than just getting some damn gold. So, like, you know, that's gotta sting a little bit oh absolutely like, like uh gold superpowers not really a context for me <laughs> yeah there's like yeah yeah like that was that was always something when when reading back on that it's like this man did everything he could just for some gold and then inadvertently created one of his like greatest adversaries and robbed himself of a chance of like real power yeah not that I'm not sure whether Conchi would have been like, yeah, Bushman, you seem like a person. But, you know, I mean, if he lacks the moral compass, maybe Conchi doesn't care. <laughs> but, you know, that is neither here nor there. Um, so 
now that we've talked about some of his, or yeah, some of Bushman's motives, what we want to do is take a look at the key conflicts that Bushman faces, um, you know, in the comic books and just generally in life. I think while it's, you know, very easy and somewhat true to say that Bushman is, you know, Bushman's key conflicts center around Moon Knight, it would be unfair if we didn't dive deeper into what we've covered in motives. You know, I would very much argue that Bushman's key conflicts are doing, are basically doing what you have to do to survive. He's absolutely a product of that mentality. Like, you know, he grew up with it and he was a victim of it. And like the events of his early childhood very much drove him into opposition with figures like Moon Knight, the government, and even local New York law enforcement. All things, all things that basically in Bushman's eyes are uh, forces that aim to stop his progression forward in life, you know, however twisted it might be. Like when you see people take your, you know, take your land and, um, you know, basically kind of force you into this like survival state. Um, and then when you're doing what you need to do to survive because of the events that life is, you know, kind of put in front of you and then you get stopped by, you know, these various people, it has to, it has to be quite crazy. Cause I think even when Bushman was the like general of uh, his country and lifetime president, they just displaced him for another dictator. Right. Like, and Moon Knight was like, yeah, this is, this is good enough. Yeah. Like that. I mean, that's, that's why when we talk about him, we talk, also talk about him being in New York and like doing the, like he doesn't, he's not successfully president for life, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. And it's like, it has to be, it has to be pretty fucking weird for like, your greatest ally and probably in your like your perspective, like your greatest oppressor, because Moon Knight is just stopping him from, you know, doing what he want, what he thinks he needs to do to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to be really weird for him to get involved in that conflict and like only do enough to just replace you with someone who's probably equally as terrible. Right. Because it was just a rival drug guy. So like. Moon Knight didn't make anything better in that. He just kind of hated on Bushman. It's like, you can't do this, but like this guy that's basically the same can. And that's good enough. <laughs> America. But, you know, with all of that being said, too, like we really honestly can't ignore that Moon Knight is definitely one of Bushman's key conflicts. And not just because he stopped him on multiple occasions. You know, like as we've said several times, Moon Knight actually killed Bushman. Bushman feels responsible and uncredited for Moon Knight's origins. And Bushman literally admitted to having an eating addiction that stemmed from Moon Knight making him feel powerless. Which, in terms, in the comic books, made him larger. Like, Bushman went from a more well-built person to a less well-built person. But, you know, like, honestly, like, hey, that's a perfect response to, like, hey, this person makes me feel powerless. It's totally, like, fucked up my own internal picture of myself. Right, and it, like, gives the humanity to to Bushman as a, a villain is, like, the, you know, I feel like the stereotypical villain is just, like, oh, you know, rats, you got me again. Let me just, like, 
Right. Come back and like I have zero, nothing is affected, possibly money and I need new henchmen. But like other than that, I'm I'm golden. But he literally he he very much is having some side effects of the back and forth and him and Moon Knight yeah. are having. Like you don't just start eating your feelings when you have no feelings. Like, you know. <laughs> right. Like it is very much it's very much affecting him. And I think like uh, it's you know even more telling is is after the whole face off and revival incident when they came blow to blow again like and you know Bushman was like on the ropes he was basically like pleading for Moon Knight to not cut his face off again yeah like that's kind of wild dude broke down and was basically like begged him just like don't please don't do this again like it's just obviously like he died but the whole act of doing it obviously something that he hasn't forgotten especially now that he's back alive again right so it's like please don't put me through that same thing again which it's i honestly like it's funny because to to moon knight or or to bushman rather moon knight is this sort of like insurmountable object that is standing in front or standing in the way of him accomplishing his desires and getting to the place and life that he feels like he deserves to be in. So, like, you know, villain or not, that's got to make you feel some sort of way. It's like you just want to get to where you feel like you should be, and there's always this thing that's stopping you. Yeah. Now, mind you, most of the time, that thing is stopping you from, like, selling crack and murdering people. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like... You know, there's only so perspective, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's only so much sympathy you can can um, can, you know, throw in it when you're looking at it from that perspective. But then you also look at Bushman as like, yeah, this is the guy that's gone through some things. So, like, yeah, is it good that he sells crack and murders people? No. no. But like, like we said, he's he's goal oriented. He's just trying to get to where he wants to be. And Moon Knight is like no fan. Right. If there's anyone that we have to blame for this, it's the Europeans. <laughs> Truly. So, <laughs> so sorry, Europeans. <laughs> Look what you did. I mean, and that's, you know, that's a, a, a good, that's a good um, segue into the moral messages, um, our, our moral messages section of this episode, because there aren't a lot of moral me- moral messages for Raul Bushman, but there are some moral messages for Raul Bushman. And like, I would honestly say one of them is, you know, when when life gives you lemons, which sounds weird. But hear me out. All right. (laughs) You know, Bushman weaponizes his own personal trauma to survive. And in the midst of things becomes no different than the source of that trauma. Like, he very much becomes a symbol of fear and power, which was the, the same thing he witnessed as a kid. Those people that were stealing his land murdered people. They weren't just like, hey, can you guys leave? We, right. we, we uh, want to take this from you. It was like, no, murder, round them up and murder them. And so, like, you know, Raul Bushman as an adult, a mercenary, a terrorist, a drug trafficker, part you know part-time dictator embodies all of the things that he experienced as a kid and the fact that he could take back his land and just use it for crack sales and and uh you know fucking oppressing people speaks 
volumes to that because it's like, hey, look, this guy. It's like, hey, you you got the land back. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like, ultimately, completely becomes what he experienced, and I think like, you know, like one last moral message that that uh, I feel that he represents is. Um, when you live your life in response to your demons, don't be surprised when you become them. Like, Raoul Bushman has, obviously has remnants of humanity left in him, feels emotions like the rest of us. The man just needs some therapy. And to stop killing people. <laughs> Which I hope therapy would fix. <laughs> like, he needs a lot more love in his life. Yeah, like, it's it's very much like because Raul Raul Bushman is very much just a product of uh, his surroundings. Yeah, like if Raul Bushman just lived a life of a farmer, he'd have no reason to kill people. Exactly. He like he probably would have grown up to just be a normal dude instead of being what he is today. Because you're right. Like he very much is a product of the events that happened to him. Trauma really, you know, fucks you up. So, very interesting character. I would definitely implore people, like, listening to this episode to check out some of the runs. Uh, some of the runs that specifically involve Bushman. Um, especially the one where Moon Knight removes his face. That is a uh, is a good story. Yeah, I think my, my favorite is, like, the Sun King run. Yes, that is also a... Um, that is a very interesting run, not specifically just for Raoul Bushman, but the story Generally. overall. <laughs> yeah, it's the story overall is like pretty fucked up and crazy. And there's a lot of things that 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 from a morality perspective that come into question, but honestly, very good run. Yeah. So I think this is a good time to move into some of our final thoughts. We've stated it over and over again. Raoul Bushman is an evil, demented, terrorist person, but... He really had very little choice right. to becoming that. Right. And, like, this is... He is literally the effect... He is the... He is affected by what happened to him as a as a child. And, like, the only option he was given is to survive. And the people that gave him that option are the same people that you know, stole his land from an early age. He was pretty much indoctrinated to, to be this way. Like he didn't, there was, there was no alternate route because anything else was uh, submitting to your oppressors and dying. Something that we didn't like directly touch on, but I, I appreciate just generally is uh, the, like the kind of the parallel between Mark and Bushman and just the fact that they want people to, recognize them as a threat like moon knight wears white so that you can very well see him coming and that you are terrified of that and bushman has the face tattoo and the teeth so that you literally just look at him and know that there should be fear yeah you know obviously when they come to blows it's has to be it has to affect either side to to realize that like you know there are some similarities and you know between the two of them right you know, both of them experience trauma. Both of them are, in a way, products of, you know, how they were raised and everything that they've been to been through. But, you know, things just 
moral compasses were had, different things have happened. They just ended up on different sides. And they very well could have ended up on the same side. Yeah. And with that, this is the truth learned. That being Moon Knight is not a curse, nor a state of penance. It is simply who and what he was always meant to be. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you under the blue moon. <laughs>